Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Today on the podcast, I speak with Kristen Bernier, a marketing expert, and we talk about marketing beer to women, a big opportunity for breweries to do a better job in this area to grow sales. Kristen shares her ideas on what breweries should do to appeal to female beer drinkers and what women who drink beer are looking for and specific marketing strategies that breweries should try when they're marketing to women. So for now, please enjoy this podcast with marketing expert Kristen Bernier. Hey, Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Carrie, for having me. It is wonderful to have you here. So we are going to dive into marketing and specifically talk about marketing beer to women. But before we do that, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your background? Okay, great. So I am a brand and communication strategist. And way back when, when I was in school, I studied mass communications. And um, shortly after that, took a job in New York City and was helping design trade show booths for big companies. And that's where I really started to cut my teeth on brand identity and development and understanding the psychology behind that and how that translates to your target audience and to your your clients or your customers. Uh, After that, I moved to New Hampshire to work for Eastern Mountain Sports at the corporate headquarters and was in the marketing team there, but then moved over actually into product development and became the uh, designer and buyer for women's wear. And then after that, I spent a significant amount of time in kind of pseudo and true healthcare settings and really got a handle again on the psychology of communication and disseminating um, complex messages in a way that can be heard and understood and actionable which serves all marketing and communications efforts. And then in recent years, I started a consultancy because I really love the kind of freshness of being able to actually do that brand development and strategy work. So I started Clarity Communication and Brand Strategies and I get to work with a number of different folks and and help them figure out who they are and be that on purpose and then share that with their broader audience. That's great. So important too, right? To identify what your brand is, what you stand for, you know, what you believe in so that, because I think right now, you know, there's so many breweries and so much competition out there. You really kind of need to identify what it is that, you know, you're putting out there. How how do you differentiate yourself? Uh, So I think that's a really smart way to approach it. I I, I have to agree with you. (laughs) You agree with me, so you must be right. Exactly. There it is. Exactly. I've I've learned, learned that. Not necessarily about you, but in general. (laughs) <laughs> so, well, let's talk, let's start with, I mean, you've mentioned a couple of sort of marketing fundamentals. And I, I say this a lot, this is a curse of knowledge, right? Like you, you have your area of expertise. You've done it for an awfully long time. Uh, I'm on the finance side. So I just assume everybody loves numbers and spreadsheets and they often don't, but so the curse of knowledge being 
that we don't want to assume that everybody knows what we already know. So let's start with maybe some marketing fundamentals, maybe some basics that you could share with people as they're sort of contemplating what their marketing plan might be. What are some fundamentals you would recommend that breweries think about? Sure. Um, and first of all, I just have to applaud you for using the term curse of knowledge. Um, I, I love I love that. And um, just to elaborate on, on Carrie's use of that expression, it, it's really overconfidence that your message is understood. That's that's really what that's talking about is when we're overconfident that people know what we're talking about, because we have so much tribal history or background knowledge, our schemas are broad and vast. And um, we forget that not everybody holds those bits of information that we have. So I love your awareness on that. Um, as far as getting started with your, your marketing and branding efforts, the first thing that really needs to happen in order to be successful is defining your brand. And it is, it's figuring out who you are and being that on purpose. And that means bringing intention. So I'm gonna use like a, um, actually a, an industry sort of textbook example of that. Uh, most folks are familiar with Southwest Airlines and Herb Keller was the CEO, the longest standing CEO for Southwest in, in the history of the company. And his mantra was, we are the lowest fare airline. That's it. That was their brand identity. And so everything and all the decisions that they made were in service to that. So a marketing person came to him one day and said, well, our research shows that our customers would really like some sort of a light refreshment or a snack other than peanuts on some of these flights. And she was thinking maybe like a chicken Caesar salad. And he looked at her and said, does that serve our being the lowest fare airline? And the response of, response of course was no. It's like, then we don't do it. They, knew, they know who they are and all of the decisions that they make are in service to that identity. And I've seen so many organizations or companies um, fizzle out because of an identity crisis, because they're trying to be all things to all people. Um, and if you're, if you're trying to be all things to all people, then you're really just not much to anyone. Um, so it's really figuring out who you are. Um, and I would even say like, write it down, figure it out. I mean, it's, it's maybe a sentence or two, but like, who are you? What does your brand represent? You know, are you a family oriented brewery or are you more of like kind of an active adventure community? Um, whoever that is, think about that in all of the things that you do and how you communicate with your audience. And I would, like I said, have that posted somewhere. Like if it's in your, your meeting room, you know, your, 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 your office, your bathroom, wherever you're thinking about these things, have it in front of you. Um, and, and make sure that whatever decisions you're making are in service to that. And then the other thing that foundationally you really want to make sure you have in place is a resource for your analytics um, because data is king and you really are, if you're just getting started, that's, that's okay, but you want to get that set up so that you can benchmark um, how your different campaigns and the different channels that you use are performing because you need to track your return on your investments. And um, so yes, data is, is king in marketing. You're gonna wanna see what that looks like. And honestly, there are, there are certainly platforms that you can subscribe to, but Google Analytics is free and it's a really robust tool. Um, and there's a lot, and if you're not comfortable with using that, 
LinkedIn has like, you know, in their learning kind of portal, they've got great tutorials. Um, and, and there's actually, I think there's even one about like marketing analytics. So, and they're really helpful. They'll get you going. You'll get the, the understanding of the language and how to use the tools. Mm. Well, those are great, great starting points. And so I'm just going to circle back and underscore a few things that you said. So I think, uh, so really understanding who you are, everyone would say, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. But I do wonder if people take that seriously enough and or communicate the message you had, you had said earlier, kind of like really being on purpose with it and, and the intention mm-hmm. of it. You know, I think repeating it too is important um, and really owning it. So if you first define what it is that you are and maybe equally what you are not, because we do see mm-hmm. that where people kind of start with, you know, this, this is our brand identity. And they're like, well, you know, somebody came in and they asked for this. So we're going to add this to the menu. Or we're going to, we're going to have this type of product, but there was a, a quote that I'll, I, I, I kind of repeat quite a bit is um, it's, it goes something like, you know, if you don't know what you stand for, that everything becomes a debate. So if you can be very clear on, you know, what it is that you're trying to do with your business, that's going to help eliminate a lot of those other decisions. So I like that Southwest example, like, you know, this is what we do We're the lowest cost airline. And then everything else, every other decision you make, can be kind of linked to that. You can kind of funnel it, right? So it's yes, no. Does it serve Mm -hmm. that purpose? Yes, no. And that's not only good for leadership and management, but also everybody in the company because they want to know. You know, people want to know, right? What are we here for? What's our what's our purpose? We want we're here to make a difference, and uh, that can really help clarify that. And then of course you you had the data, so that's so good too. You got to have these. Well, you you have to. But back to your point about your your employees and your staff. In having a clear mission or message and identity, that empowers them to be good decision makers um, because they know, you know, like that's 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 a guidepost. I, I kind of think of that as that's your guidepost. That's the sign that tells you which way you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Um, all right, so let's dig into women and beer. So one of the things, so uh, the market's tough these days, right? It's always tough, but it's mm-hmm. particularly hard now. We have we have lots of breweries, lots of brands. Uh, retail shelf space isn't getting any bigger. Uh, on-premise um, bars and restaurants are still kind of struggling to get get back on their feet. There's not any necessarily any more tap handles. So breweries are always looking for sort of these hacks or these tactical ways that they can mm-hmm. try to expand their market share or grow sales. So one of the things that you and I had talked about was marketing um, beer to women. So it certainly seems like a big, big area of opportunity. So let's kind of, let's kind of kick that off. What in your opinion should brewers do to appeal to female drinkers? Well, I can tell you what not to do. Do not fall into the make it pink trap. Um, That is not what women want. It's not, no one wants to be um, categorized in, in that way, you know what I mean? Kind of, is that like kind of gender bias? Um, and there are a lot of actually companies who have learned the hard way um, as far as using like kind of just pink glittery um, flowy fonts. That's not necessarily what, what women want. Um, they, they don't want kind of overpowering fruit flavors or anything. It's not about creating a product necessarily specific for women. It's about meeting them where they're at with your message. It's making sure that you're, you're targeting the places where they're going to see your ads or gain awareness of you. Um, and it's also like 
if, if you're into merch, if you're doing merchandise, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to, to breweries or, or any or sporting events and looked at the options that are available for women. The concert t-shirt I'm wearing right now is a unisex. There were no, there was one purple women's t-shirt that was available. Um, and it, it, clearly there was not a woman in the room when those decisions were made. So it's, it's you know, be thoughtful about those things and also your imagery. Um, make sure that your, your labels, and this is true for both men and women because the market is now, like marketing is very, very obviously always has been, but visual. Um, so, if, you know, think about those, those viral Instagram images that you see. Well, make sure that your product is gonna look good in that, in that kind of way. You know, like set yourself up for success with something that, that will look great in imagery and translate well. Um, so it's less about feminizing it and more really about women are, are savvy consumers. Um, and so, and regardless of the statistics between um, men and women and the percentages of the demographics of who's drinking craft beers, women still make 75% of the decisions of the alcohol brought into their home. That's their purchasing power. Mm. That's a huge number. And, you know, I think people lose track of that because there's sort of this, maybe there's sort of biases and assumptions built into, you know, how, how breweries and any beverage companies sort of marketing because they're thinking, oh, well, women prefer, you know, this, this type of flavor profile or whatnot. But I think that's a very interesting statistic. 75% of those buying decisions are made by women. So we got to, you know, really take that into account and, you know, understand, well, this goes back to understanding yeah. who your target audience is too, right? Who is your, who's your target customer? Exactly. Uh, these folks are the money, then you got to appeal to them, right? Exactly. Well, and if you think just even anecdotally, I, I have a, a, a large network of female friends who, who all enjoy beer. And I don't think any of us could agree that we love the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't necessarily believe that there is a flavor profile I think women are a bit more sophisticated about this than maybe um, they have traditionally been given credit for. So I guess in your experience, um, what are women who drink beer looking for? So if it's, if it's, if it's varied and you know, it's, it, it may you know, be different, what do you think generally, what are sort of maybe some takeaways that breweries can be thinking about as they're trying to approach women and you know present this product hmm. mm -hmm. well that's 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 a very big question and especially because my understanding is that craft brewing is very regionalized so what works in one market is not necessarily what's going to be appropriate or successful in another so i think it's really understanding and knowing your market and again your customer um, should not be over over feminized like I said, it's really more about meeting them where they are. So women use a lot of social media in order to, to make purchasing decisions. So like Snapchat and Instagram are actually like 80% of women are influenced by Snapchat and Instagram in their purchasing choices. So again, it's finding those places and if you, knowing your brand and being, you, you need to be authentic. Um, you definitely, because your, your customers will, will sniff that out. You know, if, if you're kind of pandering, they're, they're gonna smell that. So be authentic, be genuine. Um, and I think also hire women. 
their women are underrepresented in breweries. It's an overarching, if there, there isn't a like kind of a, a magic um, one, one thing. It, it's really, it's, it's, it's systemic. And so it's, it's bring in women into your, into your uh, workforce and seek out their opinions. I mean, everybody's an expert on something. Um, and women are very, very forthcoming and, and actually very savvy in their responses when they're polled and asked for things. You'll, you'll find candor um, and just really good information there. So I would say like, ask them what they're looking for. And they'll, they'll tell you. And when you're doing your marketing and your outreach, I mean, you, you need to have a call to action. Like it's, it's not worth just throwing something out there. Have a call to action, have something to say. And honestly, like do a survey, ask women what they think, ask, ask your customers what they think. The other thing is you don't necessarily want to attract women at the expense of men. You know, you don't, you don't want to cannibalize your, your, your male segment by increasing female. So be careful about how you are marketing to them, you know, cause you need to take care of that in the process. Absolutely. Well, those are good. I mean, those are good points in terms of, I think the, so there's a lot of discussion about diversity and diversification of the workforce um, for all the right reasons, but mm-hmm. it's also a diversity of ideas, right? It's a diversity of perspectives. Absolutely. We kind of get locked into what we yeah. know, and then we we maybe don't even know there's a different way of kind of approaching this. But mm-hmm. in the context of, you know, how do I grow sales? How do I, you know, market to or appeal to or recognize that there's this huge underserved market out there mm-hmm. that's that's right under everybody's nose, right? Because we're all like, ah, oh, how do I grow sales? You know, I need to, you know, get more market share here, there, and there. But there's this whole demographic that's just out there saying, well, you know, I, I guess you know, the brewing industry is not as focused on me. So I'm going to drink wine or ready to drink cocktails or what have you. Um, or they don't, it's not even that they're, you, you've, you've eliminated their choice by not talking to them. They don't know you're there. Yeah. So there's, but I think like the key to successfully marketing to both men and women is really, it's again, in your brand identity mm-hmm. and it's, it's creating a brand identity that consumers can enjoy without feeling that they'll be judged by their peers. So we've talked about a couple of those specific marketing strategies breweries can think about when they're marketing women. So, you know, meet them where they are, the, the Instagram, Snapchat, that's interesting. I mean, that's, that's a good avenue to explore. I think, you know, breweries are also kind of struggling from a social media perspective, like, you know, how do I, number one, kind of formulate my message and then get it out there on a consistent basis because it's a lot of work. And then which platforms do I use? Because that can get overwhelming as well. Uh, but I think that helps sort of narrow. So any other like specific marketing strategies that you can think of relative to this? Um, you know, identify who you are, meet them where they are. Yeah. Well, and with a solid brand, I mean, grassroots marketing is still very, very strong. Um, and for, for those who, who maybe are, are not familiar, it's basically where brands create content um, that's highly targeted to a niche audience. So it's 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 hyper focused and local. It's hyper local, and I think for a lot of craft breweries, that's I, I'm I'm imagining for for your audience, that's who they're talking to. Um, you know, because if you can win over, those are your early adopters. Those are your that's your fan base, and then they're the ones that by word of mouth, um, you know, people like. 
I hadn't heard about Yeti, Yeti coolers. I had no idea what that was. And all of a sudden there's this buzz and all these people are giving reviews and oh my gosh, how amazing, amazing their Yeti coolers are. Well, now we own like a number of Yeti items, which by the way are really expensive, but they're awesome. Um, and it's because they've had that grassroots, that's where they got started, was that grassroots word of mouth. So they put out a quality product, but they engaged people. Um, if you've got a good fan base for your, for your beer, get them talking about it. People love to share their story. And so if you can, instead of pushing out your message um, to your audience, invite them to join you in telling their story and you'll have a much more engaging um, content mm -hmm. in order to connect with folks. Take advantage of local events, you know, and again, but always remember who is your brand? What does it tie back to? You know, so um, like I said, like if you're, and I'm just using the family friendly because it's a very easy one, but that's definitely not necessarily where people need to be. Um, but you know, so are there things going on in your community that are kind of, that are family oriented that you could sponsor or I, I, there's there's or, or sponsor prizes for local contests you know or host your own and and maybe make a donation to something that's meaningful to you and to your target audience um, there are a lot a lot of ways that you can kind of leverage that engage people and um and get your name out there in a positive way absolutely so let's talk a little bit more about tips and tactics, shall we? Okay. So one of the things when I think about marketing, I think like, okay, marketing is we're trying to build brand awareness. We're trying to let people know, hey, we're here, we're open for business, but ultimately we're trying to grow sales. Or at least that's kind of how I look at it is, you know, marketing is a tool that gets us to a financial outcome mm -hmm. that we're trying to achieve. So I guess in your experience, what are some creative ways to do that, to grow sales, I guess, in other words, are there any fun or different or unusual, particularly effective ways uh, that business owners can think about using marketing to drive sales growth? Um, well, I, I think the, the grassroots component that we were just talking about is a really great opportunity. Um, but there are one of the great things about this digital era that we have is that marketing is so cost effective digitally, or it, 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 there are efficiencies. Um, traditional media, like print ads, billboards, um, those things get to be really costly and always have been. But even over the decades, you know, the last 20 years, certainly the CPM, that's the, the cost per thousand impressions for, for digital ads has certainly increased. It's still really affordable. Um, and you can target those by region. And if you listen to like Spotify or Pandora, you can advertise with them based on CPMs as well. And it's like, I mean, I think it's like Spotify's is around five to $30 per thousand impressions. And you can localize that. But so they can, they can target that for you and you can predict your cost. You can say, okay, we're budgeting. We're gonna spend, I don't know, let's say you're in a really small market. We, we want to spend $500. Well, you can literally tell them once that's spent, stop. So it's not like all of a sudden you're gonna get this inflated bill. So CPM, there are a lot of opportunities for that to, to flex around that. The social media stuff, even just posting and being active on that and gaining followers. One of the things I would encourage you to do is always 
cross-pollinate. Um, if you've got a newsletter or signage in your brewery, anything, you should be pointing people to all the other places where they can connect to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, visit our website on your website, make sure you, you know, sign up for our newsletter or join us here, or like us on Facebook. Um, just make sure that you're always cross-pollinating. It takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes time to, to really grow a presence. Um, but that's why that, that data is important because you can look and see, maybe you spread out your marketing budget to, to get started. And, and it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be like six or five figures. I mean, or even four figures, you could have a three figure marketing budget, but be smart and, and test things, check it out, see like what websites you're advertising on or, or, you know, where did you spend some of those, 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 those dollars and what performed. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe you, you, you invest more there. Um, and also understand maybe the seasonality of your market. Um, you know, if it's, it's summers, I'm guessing, are probably a much bigger, higher sales time. So, you know, if you're heading into one of those lull times in the market and you know that, well, maybe that's not the time to test out a new idea. Maybe that's the time to kind of start retooling and thinking about what you want to do next. Um, don't test during those lulls because you're, you're not going to get an accurate read on, on the performance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you had mentioned return on investment earlier, mm-hmm. ROI, some of my favorite letters and words. How do you think about return on investment as it relates to sales and marketing? How do, do you think it's something that you can measure? And if so, like, well, how do you generally, I guess, how do you think mm-hmm. about ROI. So in, in marketing, in, in my experience, it's, it's a mixed bag, meaning there are some, a lot of it is measurable. <clears throat> That's another beautiful thing about the digital age of marketing is we have so, so much data. And the, the key is to understand like, what are your KPIs? And they're not the same for everybody. It key, key performance indicators. Um, and so when you're looking at your, your analytics and you've got to decide for your business, like what are your KPIs? And, and actually there's another great tutorial, I think on that and actually um, selecting and measuring your KPIs on LinkedIn in those um, learning modules that I Ooh, referenced. Tell me, send, send me that after. Cause that, I mean, the, the people love the KPIs. I love the KPIs. Yeah, so well, that'd be yeah, great. We all Come love on. KPIs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm sorry, I just want to gather, gather my, remember where the, the train was heading in that, in that string of thought. We're talking ROI and measurable. ROI, and- yes. So, I mean, obviously you can't brew beer without money and you can't purchase marketing without, without marketing dollars. So ROI is very important and uh, near and dear to marketers in general. And um, so some things, like I said, are finite, you know, and very trackable. And then there's other things that are more anecdotal. Um, and that is maybe like your outreach. There's also, there's sort of the long game versus the short game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you've got a very specific campaign, let's say you're, you're hosting an event or you at, at your brewery, I mean, obviously like you want a response, you know, there's, there's a finite period of time. There is a very specific, there's a very specific KPI for that. <laughs> um, and you'll, you'll see that, but then there are other things that sort of brand awareness those things are a little harder to measure. Um, and those, those take time, you know, your brand identity and, and awareness in that. 
I, I think it's always just kind of going back and reevaluate, um, talking to your audience, keeping that open dialogue. Um, return on investment is absolutely very, very important in, in any marketing. I mean, that's how we, that's our, that's our bread and butter, really. And also, I would say, again, with, with your profits, what percentage of that are you rolling back into new marketing efforts? Um, you know, and, and having that budgeted as well in your overall plan and strategy. And there is, you know, does, like I said, it doesn't have to be big numbers at all. It's just a matter of being that mindset of, okay, like, you know, this is, you know, I'm sure you're looking at, this is, this is, you know, what we've, we've profited this year and you're probably looking at, all right, well, we need upgrades to equipment or, you know, expansion in space. But marketing needs to be in there as well. Um, and, and, you know, a portion of that pie has to, has to, should be allocated in order for sustainable growth to support the growth that you're, you're preparing for in those other kind of uh, infrastructure investments. You, you're you're going to need to also exponentially reinvest in your marketing efforts. Absolutely. Did I answer your question? I did. That's good. All right. Yeah, return on investment is like, the digital stuff's really good because there, there's a lot of data and metrics and a lot of it's automated. And I think as you said earlier, Google Analytics is really good. I find it, you know, both very, uh, it's like, it's, it's very enticing because there's so much information, but it's also a little overwhelming because there's so much information. So it's sort of like, you can probably get somebody to kind of help you kind of navigate. You need a little Sherpa, a data Sherpa to kind of work. Through. Exactly. Well, and with Google Analytics, you can customize your dashboard. And so once you've determined what your KPIs are, then you can set those up on your dashboard um, and, and just continually measure and track those. So you don't necessarily have that white noise of, you're, you're absolutely right, there's so much data and you know, it, it's, it's overwhelming and it's very tempting to try to sift through all of it. And that's why I think it's really important to whittle down to, okay, what is relevant for your business to be measuring? Mm, yeah, absolutely. and focus on that. So last question before we uh, start to wrap up. So if brewery owners are going to start with building maybe one skill set related to sales and marketing, um, what would you advise them to start with? Like what's a good starting point? Because just like data can be overwhelming, I think the marketing and all the different directions you could go uh, can be overwhelming too. So is there one step, any, any one piece of advice you'd leave folks with on, on the marketing side? I think it's having a really honest look at who you are as a brand and who your target audience is. Know your audience and do not fall into the kind of curse of knowledge or like you might have, there might be a, a customer in your imagination, like that you, you think you know who they are, but really spend some time and research and figure out who they are and what they value, what they're looking for. Um, you know, like what are sort of, what is the problem you're solving for is sort of the question that, that every business needs to ask. That's how you differentiate yourself. So, and, and while we think, well, well, we're making beer, is there really a problem? Well, what we mean is like, what is your why? What, what is your why? Why are you there? And I know this all sounds kind of like existential, but it's actually really, really important foundational work. And the folks with whom I've, I've done this work and spend the time workshopping and really talking this through and challenging assumptions, um, while that might feel tedious, 
everything else happens so much faster if you have those things in place. It's so much easier if you've taken the time to build a good foundation. Um, so it really, it's, it's not magic, it's art and science. And also that your brand, logos are fun and they're definitely like, that's not your brand. That's a mark, that's an identifier. That's not who you are. Your brand is the gut feelings that people have about you when they hear your name. When they, when they talk about your brewery and someone says, oh, like ABC Brewery, how do they feel about it? That's your brand. And that comes from your employees. That comes from every message that you put out there and everything that has your name on it or that you touch. So be really thoughtful about developing your brand and also protecting it. I just, I would, you know, it's, it's so sad. I think about like some of the strongest brands um, and I, Patagonia always comes to mind for me because they have been true to who they are for decades. Um, they, and, and they're, they have not devalued in their product, they can afford to be expensive. They could, because they've got quality product and they, they know who they are. They know who their audience is and what matters to them. And I think those, those are really, you, you, and you gotta make a good beer. You gotta have to, because all of these things, if your product, if your product isn't quality, um, then it doesn't matter. People will try it, but they won't come back. I just had this experience recently on a, a girl's trip and, um, someone picked out based on the can and the label and was like, oh, let's try this. And we took a step. I was like, I'll never have that again. <laughs> it was, the packaging was, was great. The marketing was spot on, but we were like, uh. so remember at the end of the day, if you're not paying attention to the quality of your product, um, then all of this will be for nothing. Absolutely. Well, excellent, Kristen. This has been a lot of fun. A lot of great points. I think a lot of really good information and takeaways for people. So if people want to learn more about you, um, what's the best way for them to connect with, with you? So I'm on LinkedIn and I am Kristen M. Bernier on LinkedIn. And I, I, don't, I don't have my little, um, you know, there's those codes for each of us, but they're, they're nothing specific, but I'm pretty easy to find. Um, and you can email me it's actually just my name. It's K-M Bernier, B-E-R-N-I-E-R at Comcast.net. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.